Are you tired of all those wimpy pussy horror movies out there? Well, get ready for a movie that has balls. We watched Phantasm, a movie that features two metallic flying killer balls. We watched it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. Greetings, Moon Goons! Welcome to Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Marshall Hampton. With me again, as always, well, almost always, is my good friend co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Hey, how's it going? And I had the feeling we're going to have some, uh, some, maybe some hate mail perhaps yeah, coming our way. That's a good point. I was going to comment on that later, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, we got our good friend uh, over at the Horror Syndicate, Ray Merrick. Uh, he got a hold of us when he saw that we posted this. He, he private messaged me and he's like... Dude, you may not want to touch this one. You know, it's a little weird, but people really love this movie. Yeah, um, that be see, I missed that message. I didn't even see that one. I didn't know about that. Um, but speaking of movie, yeah, we we're taking on the uh, movie Phantasm. Uh, this movie was released. Um, well, we're gonna do ODB. ODB. When was this movie come out? <laughs> Let's do it like this. I'm gonna rub your ass in the moonshine. Let's take it back to '79. Yep, thank you very much, ODB. That This movie was released on June 1st, 1979. Yes, it's older than I am. Yeah, uh, it is older than you are. Not by much, but yeah. it is. Um, it was written and directed by uh, Don Castorelli. I'm probably but pronouncing that wrong. So the, the fans out there are going to know how, how yeah, to Yeah, they're, they're throwing stuff at the, the radio yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> they're probably already turning this off. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> You can. Uh, it's found easily a lot, a lot of places. It's found on Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, and Vudu for all stream, for, for streaming purposes. We can also be found on Google Play, iTunes. You can check us at horriblehorror.com. dot right. com. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's nice segue. Thank you. Nice. Also, we're on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter at So Bad It's Scary. <laughs> Way to plug there, Gary. Boom. Boom. Plugged. <laughs> um, all right. Cast wise, there's. To me, there's really there's nobody really worth talking about in the cast except for um, Reggie Bannister, right? Um, who to me, he's the one person who kind of seemed to go on to have the mo- biggest career out of all this. Um, he plays um, Reggie, the ice cream man, right? How convenient! Um, yeah, very convenient. Um, and then um, we, Jody, the character Jody is played by Bill Thornberry, who also is in Phantasm three, four, and five. Um, Along with uh, Agnes, Angus, I'm sorry, Angus Scrim, who plays the main protagonist or antagonist, uh, the tall man. Tall man. Uh, yeah. and of course, he went on to do the the rest of the sequels as well in the in the series. Um, but that's really about it. The rest, of, I didn't really see much worth noting in the rest of the cast. Um, we're just getting not not we're gonna move on to the movie, and this movie is so weird. Like it's. Real trippy. It's real trippy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a trippy movie. Um, definitely. And one thing I'm 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 gonna think we're gonna have some problem with is the lack of dialogue. 
There's just yeah. not a lot of dialogue yeah, in this movie. Yeah, it's not. It's very... Just very visual. Very visual. And, um, of course, being an audio show, sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll do our best to describe We'll try things, and but... paint the picture for you. <laughs> yeah. um, so... This, it opens um, in a cemetery where this guy and this girl are just having sex amongst the gravestones. Um, so that's your kickoff right there. Just nice kickoff. Just two people banging in a cemetery. Yeah, and it kind of made me think of Poltergeist a little bit. Really? That opening scene in Poltergeist when the guy's uh, banging the chick. But then, of course, hands come up and fingers go oh, up. Oh, in Poltergeist. And... Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> just had to throw that one out fingers there. Fingers go up the butt. Yeah. <laughs> But nothing like that. <laughs> I forgot about that opening scene. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no, that's a movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we the guy's name in the opening scene is Tommy. Um. And soon as the sex is over, like immediately after he's he's busting like, out, that was great, baby. Yeah, she goes all like Sharon Stone, basic instinct on him, and just kills the guy with a knife right off the bat. And he just, man, he looks like he's they're having either like like opioid induced sex because yeah. it is slow and low and just. Yeah, yeah baby, I, I that was, gonna... was great. He's just about to pass out, and then she just stabs him, and he's like, "Ugh." <laughs> yeah, I mean, the sex looks so boring, and like not like it was looks so bad, like not pleasant. like I said, just, just just like Xanax. Sex. Yeah, yeah. And then she stands there. She she holds up this knife for a good couple seconds. Yeah, and then like he doesn't even move, or he's like, "Oh, okay." And then he just gets a slow stab. He's like, "Ugh." <laughs> And the other thing, weird thing about this thing is like it's weird. Like she, they just fe- finished having sex. She's topless. She's holding the knife in one hand, but for some reason, she felt necessary to cover up w- one boob. She just with her other hand. Feel that booby while she's stabbing. <laughs> yeah, just that extra little tweak of pleasure. It's just weird. Like why feel the need to cover up one boob yeah. while you're killing? I don't know. It's weird. She wanted to cup her booby. So now the camera goes in this like really choppy like zooming effect, where it's like it's just like it's cutaway zooms. <laughs> And um, the the woman's face is quickly then it flashes between her face and then it changes to the tall man who is like this older gray haired man. Um, and so it's like it's kind of thing that, like this guy is this girl's really a guy or guy. It's really fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get what that's really doing. I guess it's the seventy nine. It's a pretty. It's if that's the effect they're going for. Ugh. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of confusing. Like what? Like I, huh? yeah. Um, so we jump now to Tommy's funeral, um, which this movie makes it seem like it's the very next morning. But yeah, there's no yeah. way to be that quick, but it seems to be. And this is where we meet Jody and Reggie, the two main characters, and they were friends of Tommy. And during this conversation, Reggie says it's hard to believe that Tommy killed himself. And again, this is really fucking weird because why would people think he killed himself? Because not many people commit suicide by stabbing themselves multiple times in the chest. Yeah, that's usually not the way to go. Yeah, I mean, this must be a really shitty police forensic team <laughs> or coroner is like, yeah, I think he just killed himself. He's like multiple stab himself yeah, in the chest. Yeah, either Tommy's that hardcore. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> or just he like, had a, a really big, uh, what was it, a Sobaku? Supeku. Supeku, thank you. The Yeah, he just rich, rich, honor killing for himself. Keep going. That's, that's some tough living. Yeah, so Jody enters the mausoleum, which, by the way, this place is huge. I mean, it is fucking massive. Everything is marble. It, it looks awesome. It does it, it, just, it does look good. But, the way again, the way the movie shoots it, it makes it look like the mausoleum is inside the funeral house itself. Yeah. Which, again, is a weird thing because that, that's not the case. Mausoleums but, are never, like, part of the funeral house. Exactly. Funeral but that's, that's exactly what... I got is yeah. that it's inside this. It's a big house, 
but basically the mausoleum is in the house. Yeah. And, and that's how it's portrayed throughout the whole movie because they keep going in it, there. Yeah. And it's, then later they're in that scene, but that's not really, how they work. Yeah, it's never how they are. They are standalone. Standalone, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Um, and it's just utterly ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so after a while of walking around, Jody finds his parents' tomb, which also happens to be in this mausoleum. And outside is Mike, who's the younger brother who's riding his dirt bike through the cemetery. What a dick. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. He's just riding over people's graves with impunity. He's, He's like, just... I don't give a shit. <laughs> no rest for the dead when no. I got my dirt bike. <laughs> Kawasaki! <laughs> <laughs> so his engine just dies. And while he tries to, to start it back up, he starts hearing like these strange noises. And the camera shows some kind of small brown thing ducked behind a tombstone. Yeah, making kind of yeah, noises. Like really yeah. weird guttural, kind of pri- primitive, primal noises. Uh, and the back of the mausoleum, Jody, too, begins to hear these strange sounds. And he's wandering around the, the mausoleum as the sounds, he continues to hear them, but he sees nothing. He's just hearing all this stuff, but nothing's seen. And suddenly, a hand claps on his shoulder. Jody spins around to see the tall man standing behind him. And, he's, and the tall man just says, the funeral is about to begin. And that's that's it. <laughs> so we we go to the funeral, which, um, the, again, shot. you can tell the funeral itself is obviously being held in a church. But, again, it's this must be the most elaborate funeral home in the world because this is also inside the funeral right, home, opposed, right, supposedly. Right. It's, it's a big place, but it's not that fucking yeah, big. Yeah, it's not a cathedral yeah, in, yeah, this, yeah. in this funeral home. <laughs> um so uh, Reggie mentions that to Joey that it's good for his younger brother not to see Tommy like this because he had nightmares for weeks after his parents' funeral. So just a little background exposition. So, there yeah. So we got that, you know, Jody and Mike's parents are dead. And it also sets us that, that seed of doubt. Like, oh, he's mm-hmm. having nightmares. So it kind of says, like, what's real, what's not type thing later. Um, back <laughs> outside, Mike crawls out. <laughs> Like a commando. He crawls up from under a bush yeah. with a pair of binoculars. Sure. And he watches Reggie and Jody and the rest of the pallbearers carry the casket from the hearse to the gravesite. And he watches the whole ceremony this way. And, again, I just want, where does he get the goddamn binoculars? Because we see him earlier, and he's got nothing. He's just riding his dirt bike through the graveyard. <laughs> and he... Now all of a sudden he has but not these and they're not they're small, big. they're gigantic. They're, really big. they're huge. But this is a problem that you have all the time. I do. It's you like, cannot stand it when they just come up with a prop and you don't see it coming along. Yeah. That drives you nuts. It does drive me. It should drive people nuts. Like it's, first of all, if you're gonna have binoculars, how hard would it be just to have them like thrown over his shoulder or you know, or something like that while he's riding his bike or or pull out of a bag? No, they just don't make things magically appear. It's ridiculous. <laughs> So, after the funeral, Mike watches the tall man load Tommy's casket back into yeah. the hearse. So, he watches the funeral. The funeral's done. And Tommy must have been, a, like, a not a very popular guy because, goddamn, there's, like, six people there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funeral's done. Everyone leaves. The tall man kind of looks back and forth and he says, let's get out of here, man. It's creepy. I don't like this feeling. So, everyone leaves. Tall man's all by himself. And he picks up the casket all by himself yep. and throws it back into the... the um, Hurst. Uh, yeah, you. and earlier it took like six to eight men to carry it. So um, we fade out, and we fade in on Tommy walking alone down a road, and he heads to the local fortune teller's house because every small town has a local fortune teller. Yep. The, the gypsy woman. And apparently he's been here before. Apparently. This is, this is not his first rodeo. No, it is not his first rodeo. Yeah, this is his old hat for him. 
So the fortune teller's granddaughter answers the door and leads Mike back to this dark candlelit room. Who is like what? She's sixteen. She yeah. She's got a tattoo, a small tattoo of a star on her face. Yeah, she a a star on her cheek, on her right cheek, I believe it is. Kind of liked it. Yeah, (laughs) kind of hot. And uh, so again, it's just like this candlelit room, which is tons of candles. I don't get. uh, I mean, they have electricity in this house, so why is this? But it creates room? scenery, Marshall. It's it's how you get in touch with the beyond. Nah. Is have the candlelit spooky room. Yeah, but I, I kind of liked it. I liked it. I, I did it count. Cool. It, there were nearly fifty candles in this scene. And Please tell me you counted them. I did. Yes, <laughs> I just said I counted. Um, and I mean, this is it. Just seemed like a fire. Way to happen. Cause, I mean, Fire hazard. Because you have this old fortune teller seems like she's blind. Like, she's wearing sunglasses in the house. She, she's obviously like Completely a blind blacked woman. out sunglasses. So she's yeah. wearing sunglasses indoors. And if she's blind, then why do all the candles need to be lit in the room? Because she can't see anyway. And then in that case, why do you have a blind woman in a wheelchair in a room full of lit candles that can easily... It just, that just, it's just a fire way to happen. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Starface likes to hang out, I guess. Starface. Star child, <laughs> likes to dress up grandma like she's a like a fucking pilgrim, yeah. and light some but candles. Speaking, and but speaking of grandma, she too, she, she has the same tattoo. Only it's like right in her fucking forehead, like Charles instead Dead of swastikon mantis, it's a <laughs> star right in her forehead. These, um, are, these are birthmarks, right? <laughs> yeah, they're birthmarks. Yeah. So, um, Mike tells the fortune teller that he found out that Jody is going to leave again, and that's. That's where we cut to. And then it goes to Mike and Jody working on Jody's muscle car. And one of Jody's old friends pulls up and they talk. And basically we learn that it's been two years since the death of uh, Jody and Mike's parents. And that Jody has been out on the road for a while. I'm like, and what does that even mean? He's just out on the road. Out on the road, so dude. So pa- their parents have died. And he's I, just leaving his like younger brother alone, unattended, while he's out on the road. I mean, is this guy supposed to be like Night Rider or something? Because he's he's driving around in his like muscle car, going place to place, solving like, crimes, helping yeah, helping <laughs> people where needed. And it's like it just shows up again. So Joey tells his friends that he plans on leaving Mike at their aunt's house, and he's gonna leave him there. But Mike won't like that. But he's gonna you know suck it he's up. He's a good kid, but I gotta I gotta get back out there. On yeah, the I gotta road. get back on that road. <laughs> um. And we learn that Mike's supposed to be 13 in this movie, but the kid looks 16. I Easy. mean, there's yeah. no way this kid's 13. Unless he's like a jacked 13-year-old, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, next it shows Jody riding a sweet 10-speed with the handlebars inverted as yeah. Mike's chasing after him. Um, hopping fences. Hopping fences, yeah. And <laughs> trying to keep up with him. While we hear Jody in voiceover talking about how Mike seems to know when Jody plans to leave all the time and how Mike's always following Jody around. So, again, it's like the lost puppy dog thing. Yeah. Uh, I just also found it was weird that they show, they've already shown that Mike has a sweet, like, muscle car, but now they're showing him in his crappy, like, little 10-speed. Like, hey, what? sometimes you got to ride your bike. <laughs> sometimes you just got to get a little exercise, get those legs pumping, yeah. I guess. And now we're back to the Fortune Tower's house, so I'm guessing that's supposed to be a flashback? Or him communicating or talk yeah it's got to be a flashback That's... or some sort of foreshadowing it this happens throughout the movie yeah it's not an uncommon thing that happens is that the movie kind of has some choppy editing you can't really tell if it's 
the next scene or if it's a flashback or if it's something maybe that's going to happen. It's, it's kind of hard to follow. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not the worst we've seen, but it's definitely like, what, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm right there with, I 100% agree with you and on that. And I don't that. know if it's just because it's an old movie. You know I mean? It's like coming up on 40 years old. Yeah. So I don't know if that's, uh, that's part of it. Um, Very well could be. It could be. Uh, so we go back, so we go back to the funeral and the granddaughter says to Mike, grandmother says not to worry that if he does leave, he will take you with him. And so apparently she's not only blind, but she can speak telepathically with her grandma granddaughter. Because grandma ain't saying shit. She's not saying shit. Grandma ain't saying a goddamn no. thing. Her mouth's not moving. She's just sitting there and granddaughter looks at her. Kind of, uh-huh. And then he tell, re- relays this message to Mike. So they got a little uh, telepathy going yeah, on Yeah, which again is just, what is, go- what? it's so fucking weird. There's so much going on in this movie. Um, so Mike then changes the subject and tells him that what he tells her about what he saw at the funeral about the tall man and the, the cast and all that. And we get another flashback and we see Mike rushing back to his dirt bike after watching the tall man load the casket back in the hearse. He's speeding off through the cemetery again. The binoculars have magically disappeared again. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> uh, and the camera that like, kind of shows the tall man watching Mike like, speed away through the cemetery. And the tall man kind of like just like turns his head, like, kind of cocks his head quickly. Yeah, and then suddenly Mike is just thrown off of his dirt bike. So now that we can also assume the tall man has telepathic powers as well. Something, yeah, because it, it knocks Mike over. Mike's okay. He kind of ugh, he's a little shaken, but he's all right. Yeah, nothing really happens. Um, it just and the, yeah, nothing happens because the very next shot is just him riding his dirt bike down the road and off back home or something like that. Um, and back to the fortune teller's house, the granddaughter whispers in the old man. In, uh, sorry, in uh, in the old woman's ear, says to Mike that grandmother wants to play a game, and then just <laughs> boggle, yeah, yeah boggle, Yahtzee Sweet. maybe, <laughs> uh, and then just this black box just again magically, literally magically appears, literally on, magically appears in front of air. Mike, and yeah. he's like, cool, cool, like not like <laughs> what the fuck where that come from? <laughs> just all right, cool. When I, I, I'm down. <laughs> well, like you said, maybe he's been here a couple of times. He knows, like, oh, okay, cool. Cool. The box is back. All right. <laughs> so um, Mike then just sticks his hand into the box. It's like a roach trap box. It's like, it's not open on top. It's open on the end. He just sticks his hand Yeah, and then she's like, put your hand in the box. He's like, what? He's like, go ahead. Just put your hand. What's in there? Just put your put, hand put in, your the hand in the box. Puts his hand in the box. It clamps down. It kind of yeah, just it, it, it comes to life as soon yeah, as he puts his hand it in. Kind of clamps on. Hold, something's holding. He's like, "Ow, it hurts!" Oh, and he's trying to get off. And the you know hippie star girl is just going, <laughs> "She's don't fear, don't fear, fear Michael, don't <laughs> fear." Jeez. This oh my god! This thank you for saying because the acting in this scene is fucking awful. I mean, Mike's not doing a bad job. Not that bad, but, but the daughter Starface, is so, oh, oh, Star Child is so goddamn emotionless, dull, but, and boring it's, but to be perfectly honest i think it kind of worked in the scene like because she think? was just being very calm and trying to not get excited or show emotion just don't fear be blank you know that's kind of what i, I understand got. that's what if you go for it mm-hmm. but it's, it's still the way because not even just this don't fear don't fear but it's like this entire scene with her off her lines like she's just very robotic and monotone the entire scene this time time in the fortune tower's house it's just very bad um, and Mike, Mike eventually does relax, and the box just lets go of his hand. And the granddaughter, you know, star child says, it was simply a reflection that fear is the killer, and that's what grandmother wanted him to learn. Uh, so, like, what? 
and so Mike just like whatever. He drops Mike's some cash like, on the table. All right, and leaves. here's a five. Drops it on the box. The box disappears with the money. With the money. So, yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Like, I get the box. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just say, sure, the box can appear and disappear. But apparently it also takes money with it. Yeah. Apparently. It's like, I got to make that dollar. Yeah. <laughs> I got to make that money. Make that money. Um, and Mike leaves, and then Grandma the and Starface laughing. start snickering. They're like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Like, is oh, that was great. That was a great like, joke. So, okay, is this whole thing, are they, they just... Uh, uh, are they shysters? Are they, or are, they, are they like scam artists? But but still have magical powers to make a box appear and disappear? Didn't take his money. Didn't <laughs> take his money? Like, why is she laughing? Like, what is going on? So, Reggie, now we go to G- Reggie and Jody. They're having like a little guitar jam session jam on the front sesh. porch. Jam session. This and, is where you see Reggie's an ice cream man. Yeah. He pulls up in his ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. He's got the classic white pants, white shirt, bow Black, tie. Yeah, bow tie. But he still loves rock and guitar. Rock and roll. And man, they rock pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. Yeah, you can tell Reggie like yeah, l- he, literally plays he, the He knows guitar. how to play. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Jody's wearing like this hat that looks like it's from the 1800s. It looks so out. I don't. It's just so out of place to me. And it's, it was really odd. Yeah. Like because it's the only time anybody in this movie ever wears a hat. And it's such a weird choice that that's the hat that they go with. It was in. the 70s. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so um, now there's a quick scene of some blonde girl at the mausoleum. And it might be the fortune. It might be Star Child, but I can't really tell. Because I can't see the. You don't. She's shot from the side without the tattoo. I on. thought it was Star Child. Did you think yes, so? Yes, I think it was Star Child. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first time I watched it, like, I, I didn't even notice the scene. Then I was like, oh, is that Star Child? Like. But you have no reason or idea why she's there. She None. just shows up, and then she's in the mausoleum, and she opens this door. White light. White light. Comes spilling out. out of the room. She screams, and it cuts away to the Dunes Cantina bar. So why she's there, we have no idea. What's Something in happens there? to her, Don't no know. idea. It's just, to me, that's just a that's weird just scene. Wasted. It's like pointless to even have in this movie. Um. So Mike pulls up the, at the bar, and um, I'm sorry, uh, Jody pulls up and goes inside. And outside, we see Mike spying on him through the window, sneaking around, yeah. lost puppy dog. And again, this bothers me because if Jody, we see this like in real time. Jody pulls up in his car, gets out, goes inside, and seriously, like two seconds after he goes inside, up comes Mike, watching through the window. How the fuck does Mike keep up with a car on foot? It doesn't. I've, it, I've got nothing. Yeah, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, so Joey chats up this blonde woman sitting at the bar, and oh, God, just happens to be the same woman that stabbed Tommy. Yes, and he must be the smoothest talker in history because as soon as he sits down next to her, he says something to her, and then the two of them all go off together. Hear that? Or she's crazy for the D. Probably that too, but it's like. <laughs> Seriously, it's like he says one word and they're like gone, going off the fuck. Cockasidal maniac. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love yeah. <laughs> so they exit the bar. They walk off. Mike follows them again back to the cemetery, and he's creeping from gravestone to gravestone, trying to be stay hidden. And Jody and the woman start making out on the ground behind some tombstone, and we see some boobs for a quick moment. She pulls her dress, <laughs> which up. which I do love because. Jody's putting the moves on. They're laying down. He takes off her top, and Mike's in the back, and he goes, 
Whoa. And then Jody goes, whoa. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah, I, I get it. I know. You're I, doing I, everything so smooth. Yeah. And it makes sense for Mike to reply. To I go, get because he's a kid. Because he's a kid. He's, he's like, like oh, yeah, boobs. boobs. But, but then you're for, Jody. You're 24, 25 years old. Act like you take off that top. <laughs> whoa. Act like you're a kid for the first time seeing boobs. Jesus. I would swear that would kill me. Like if some woman was like, takes off Jody, I would, whoa. I think she'd be like. All that's, right, all right that's, that's it. That's right. We're all right, done wrap, here. wrapping it up. <laughs> I'm going. So, that's that's a. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, who's still watching all this from the shadows and the bushes, hears the sound of twig snapping, followed by the sound of snarling and something moving in the brush behind him. He wanders off in search of whatever this is, and then from out of the bushes, yeah, he leaves. You know, sex scene. Yeah. Now. Yeah, it's a little weird. He's watching his brother pound a girl, but you know, whatever. He wants to see boobs. Yeah, I get. Yeah, and he hears some noises, and instead of being like, "Fuck it, I'm watching this," yeah, he goes to investigate. Yeah, let me go find out these mystery noises, or even like, deep in the bush, deep, deep in the bushes. <laughs> yeah, like, even like I wouldn't even. Just, I can understand like, okay, I'm hearing something. Shit, I don't want to miss it, but I, I should be like, all right, time to get out of here. Yeah, then. like not, 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 to, not to go investigate and find out further into dark woods what's going on. It's time to get out of here. Let's right. just go home. Um, so, and then something wearing like a brown hooded cloak, just like come, you know, rushes out from the bushes. Mike takes off running and screaming. screaming. Ah! <laughs> he runs right past Jody and the woman. Jody pops his head up and he's holding the woman's panties in his mouth. And he's like, we're here. That was my little brother. <laughs> he's like, what the heck? <laughs> he's holding his the panties in his teeth yeah. the whole time he's talking. Yes, he is. So he's talking like this. <laughs> what the heck? That was my brother. He's got problems. Yeah, he's got- Still putting on his clothes, holding the panties <laughs> in his, his teeth mouth. the yeah, whole time. Exactly. It's like, man, that guy, is, he loves some panties. He loves some panties. It must, like, must be his thing. <laughs> He's like, I'm taking these home. <laughs> <laughs> Souvenirs. Yeah. So Jody rushes off after Mike. Yeah, still holding the panties in his mouth while trying to pull up his pants at the same time he's running. Uh, he catches up with Mike. Mike tells him that he saw something and it was going to get him. And he Mike describes it as little brown and low to the ground. Jody's like, oh, it was a gopher. Don't worry about it. Yeah, like there was, it's a gopher. gopher. Uh, so Jody gives Mike the keys to his car and tells him to go home. That's why I think he'd be what? better if he was 16. Yeah, like this he is looks 69. He looks like he can barely drive, but he sure, looks like he's legal age to drive. I'm pretty sure in 79, the legal driving age was not 13 yeah, years old. No. Like, this is ridiculous. But, you know, maybe they live out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's I not that big it's deal. It's a small town, but yeah. still, like, eh, who I, gives I let the it keys slide. to a 13-year-old to drive their car? I let it slide. Because they work on the car together and stuff. I mean, eh. Yeah. <laughs> So Mike leaves. Jody He's goes, the cool brother. He's the cool brother who ditches him at all the time. Um, <laughs> but he gives him the muscle car keys. <laughs> he goes back to find the blonde woman. She's no, she's gone without a trace. Nowhere to be seen. Can't blame her. Yeah, he's like, I'm out of here. I'm done. He said, "Whoa!" Now he's running after brother. This is this <laughs> he took my over. panties. He took my panties. I'm done. <laughs> uh, so we fade to black, and we fade in on Mike sleeping in his bed. The camera zooms in on Mike's face, and then zooms out. To show that Mike's bed is now in the cemetery, and the tall man is standing behind the headboard looking down over Mike. And then suddenly, two zombies burst out from the ground and grab Sorry, Mike. Grabbing on, at Mike, grabbing he's Mike. screaming, and yeah, yeah, it's like, whoa. And that's, that's it. weird. Next morning, Jody goes back to the bar. And it's, it's, it's like they just chop it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, huh? Yeah. And then it's like, meh, now we're cool. Exactly. <laughs> there, there's, there's, it's so, the editing is really. I did not care for the editing in this movie. I, I didn't. 
even if it, maybe even if it was a stylized thing they're going for, I just didn't care for it, and mm. I just it was too too all over the place. Or the, the transitions were not very well done, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, Joey goes back to the bar, asks the bartender if he's seen the blonde woman he left with last <laughs> night. Um, so of course, as soon as Jody goes inside, Mike again walks in the frame. So again, he's just right he's got there. like the flash, like he just is there. Um, and he's yeah, I, I except before he's Joey's driving a fucking muscle car. It's a Barracuda, and Mike is meandering around on foot, but yet he's always just like two seconds behind Jody at all times. Um, but instead of going into the bar, he keeps walking. Mike does, and he he ends up walking around the downtown area of their small town. Where he spots the tall man. Now the tall man is shown walking in slow motion down like the sidewalk. Boom. Boom. Yeah, very boom. deliberate, long strides. Long strides, boom. big gait, like every footstep. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Boom. And we see Reggie. He's making like ice cream deliveries. He and he's he's loading his car, his he's truck unloading. up. With... He's he's unloading um like box of ice cream for I guess like one of the stores out front or something like that. And we see the tall man walking behind. Like in the background behind Reggie, and as, as like you like know, the condensation, frost, the, frost the frost is, is like coming out of the truck. Out, yeah. So it looks, you know, it's a picturesque. It's kind of cool, and he like it is, stands I, there, yeah. and takes a deep breath, which is so yeah. Thank, it's so weird. Yeah, like this is such a like it is kind of like cool. It's, it's cool. Kind of, cinematography, cinematography wise, it's kind of cool, again, but it's really fucking weird. Yeah, like he just comes to a dead stop behind Reggie. Closes inhale, his eyes. Closes and inhales deep, like almost like it's orgasmic for yeah. him. Like he's getting off on this. And then just exhales, turns, and walks, uh, keeps off, keeps walking Going away. Going on my way. It's, what? <laughs> it, it's so odd and bizarre. Like it's, I get it. He just loves the smell of ice cream maybe or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's Junkie Monkey. Yeah, oh. Rocket Road is so, <laughs> So, it, yeah, so, again, now we go to later that night. <clears throat> Mike is, again, working on Joey's car. He has it up on Jack's, and he's underneath the car. And, uh, again, if I was Joey, there's no way I'd be letting my 13-year-old brother work on my super sweet muscle car. Um, but now we hear this. He's the cool brother. He's the cool brother. <laughs> now we hear the strange uh, warbling sounds again. The and, kind of primal. Yeah. And we see the feet of something scurry by, and then the car begins to shake back and forth. And this causes the jacks to break, and the rear end of the car drops to the ground, pinning Mike underneath it. Good now, thing he's skinny. Yeah, the movie shows us Mike trapped underneath the car and, and basically unable to move. Like, he's pinned. Under. Yeah. But then, which is complete bullshit, because the very next shot of Mike, he smashes Jody, Jody's yeah, foot Mike, with a hammer. Mike sees feet, and he freaks out, and he smashes it, and it happens to be Jody. And he just rolls right out from the underneath the no car. No problem. No problem whatsoever. So Mike frantically tries to convince Jody that the same things from the graveyard here. They're trying to get him. And Jody's response is maybe one of my favorite lines in the movie. He just, Jody says to Mike, are you sure it wasn't that retarded kid Tommy from up the street? <laughs> you gotta love the 70s and 80s, man. Are you sure it wasn't the retarded kid? I missed that. How did I miss that? I, I can't believe you missed that. I know, I'm kind of pissed I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that, that's one of my two favorite lines of this whole movie. Is oh, sure it's not the retarded kid boy. from up the street. Um, so at this side, Mike in this scene seems very effeminate to me. He's he's his voice is the me getting very like almost feminine sounding, very high pitched, and he's also he, his features are very feminine. Look, it doesn't. Well, he's help. a young guy, you know, and he's got the longer yeah. hair. Mm-hmm. It's just he's um. 
So yeah, I mean, he could easily pass for a girl in my opinion for this movie. Well, I don't go that far, but I uh, I think so. Um, now we cut to Mike <laughs> back in his bedroom. He's strapping a large knife to his leg, like under his pants. Yeah, be- dude, that's so funny. Because I remember being in high school, buying weapons from the uh, gun show at the yeah. fairgrounds, and going to school sometimes with fucking butterfly knives. Like, we had friends that did this, too. Like, I had a knife strapped to my leg, friends with butterfly knives in their belt buckle. <laughs> like, we did some really ridiculous shit. When I saw that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Ah, cool. Weapon to school. That's always a great. Kids don't do that <laughs> don't now. Do You'll that. get expelled. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So he grabs Mike grabs a crucifix, sneaks out of the house, jogs down to the cemetery where he hops the gate, and he breaks into the funeral home uh, by yeah. breaking by breaking a basement window, smashes the shit out. Yeah, of so it. Like, so much for trying to be quiet here. Stealthy, like just smash the shit out of a window, and he makes his way to the casket showroom where he hears a loud thud, spins around to see the door swing shut and then open again. And a man in a white fisherman's hat and coveralls enters the room. Yeah. Just this random dude. Where did this guy come from? And he hides inside one of the caskets. And the man is about to find Mike when the tall man is seen standing behind him in the doorway. And seeing the tall man, the man in the hat walks over to the tall man and the two of them like leave together. Um, Mike follows him, ends up in, back in the mausoleum again. Yeah, so obviously it's inside of the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he... He comes to the door that the blonder that we think Star Child found earlier, and the sound of snarling and thuds are heard on the other side. Uh, Mike turns and just takes off running at this point. As he turns a corner, he sees a chrome sphere come flying towards him. The classic phantasm sphere. The phantasm sphere. sphere. This is the first time you see it. He turns, runs away from it, and he dives to the floor just in nick time as the chrome sphere passes over him. Gets up, runs back the other direction now, so he's, and he's grabbed by the man in the hat and the overalls, and, uh, Mike, has got his arm around him, kind of like he's about to put him, like, in a rear naked choke yeah, or something. Yeah, he's got, he's got trangled, and he's struggling to get free from the man's grasp. Uh, the flying ball returns, see, he, he like, turns around and comes back at him, Mike bites into this, the man's arm, forearm. So hard that he's bleeding. Like, he's, a lot of blood, too. Yeah, he's really biting the shit out of his yeah. arm. That would cause a lot of people to let go. Yeah, yeah. which he does. The man yeah. lets go of him, and right, right as Mike is let go of, the two blades pop out from this flying sphere. Mike dives to the side just in time to avoid the ball, but the man's not so lucky. No. Because the blades of the ball stick into the man's forehead. Uh, and he's like, Ugh, stunned. Yeah. And then <laughs> once it's like connected to his head, uh, a drill pops out of the ball and begins to drill into the man's face. <laughs> so awesome. Right between his eyes. <laughs> it's so awesome. It just drills right. It's like the two, the sphere grows prong, like knives, yeah. basically daggers, sticks into his head. And then he, when he's like staying like stunned, a drill comes out and just bores right into like the top of his nose, yeah. right where the forehead meets the nose. And you think that, and you think that's it, but no, it gets better because <laughs> the ball begins to shit out the man's blood like it has the worst case of explosive <laughs> diarrhea ever. 
I mean, blood just continues to shoot out of the ball's anus as the man falls over dead next to Mike. Blood is just shooting out the back like he had a fucking gift card to the Chipotle. It's just <laughs> flying out the back. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The guy's he's stammering around for a while, finally falls over dead. And to top it all off, the man pisses himself after he dies, and for some extra added flavor, they just, this giant puddle of piss just fills the floor. <laughs> uh, so Mike stands up. Looking at the body, the tall man walks out from the end of the hallway. Mike spouts out the appropriate phase, phrase, oh, shit. <laughs> and now, the I guess the writers must have fallen in love with the saying, oh, shit, because that line is said so many times oh, in this shit. movie, it's almost comical. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the cliche line of this movie. Um, the tall man marches, uh, you know... Getting so, that long he, or he, he matches Mike move for move. Like, he yeah. steps to the right, step to the left, step to the right, you know, kind of. And then Mike just takes off running, and the tall man gives chase. And he's able to get to the door, slam it closed, just in the nick of time. Uh, the door traps the tall, but kind of pins the tall man's fingers between, like, the door and the door frame. Yeah, so the tall man's hand is stuck, and he's kind of tapping, like, oh, fuck, there yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so this is when Mike takes out that knife, chops off all the tall man's fingers, who bleeds butterscotch pudding instead, yeah. <laughs> instead of red blood? I mean, it is like mustard. You know, it's like yellow mustard comes pouring out everywhere. The fingers fall to the floor, and the fingers are wiggling and squiggling around. Yeah, he picks up. Mike actually picks up one of the severed fingers. Like, Souvenir. And um, he goes to leave, but then from out of nowhere, he's being chased by fucking Jawas. Yeah. I shit you not. I was waiting for that too. By Jawas. I was waiting for that too. Yeah, I mean, the Jawa line, that's perfect. That's exactly what it was. The Jawas! <laughs> he's able to leap out the same window he and broke And they're into... growling and barking yeah. like dogs. Yeah, and he escapes as the Jawas grab at his feet, and it just cuts away to Mike sleeping on the staircase in his house, where there's a wooden box next to him, and he's holding a shotgun in his lap. So, Jody finds him, wakes him up, Mike shows him the box. And Jody opens the box. And see- I'm, I'm, you know, so he's like, yeah, I chopped off fingers. And there was one. He's like, so one of them's in there. And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right, let me see it. And you're thinking, oh, it's not going to be in there. But he opens it up. Sure enough, it's in there wiggling around yeah. with mustard. <laughs> in and a he's- puddle of lemon pudding. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Lemon pudding. <laughs> and Jody just like real calm. like, closes the leaves. says, all right, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> all <laughs> right, I'm in. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so after a short talk in the kitchen where Mike tells Jody everything he's seen so far in this up to this point, Jody tells him to go get the evidence that they're going to go to the sheriff. So Mike goes to get the box, but now it's not moving. He opens the box, and instead of a finger, out comes a ridiculously furry toy fly with red glowing eyes. I didn't know what the fuck it was. I'm looking it's, like, what the fuck the is finger, this? A severed finger turns into a giant, giant demon fly. fly. Yeah, demon fly is the best way of putting it. And it just starts flying around the room. Mike loses track of it until it crawls up the back of his head. And it looks really bad. It's so bad. It looks this, really bad. It's yeah. obviously a big plastic toy. I mean, this is one of those effects you've seen, like one of those like early, like, 1940s yes. sci-fi movie yes. or something yes. like that. Like Vincent that, Price it's would be so bad. wrestling with this fly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so he they start like 
He grabs it and traps it in his jean jacket. And the fly is trying to fly away. It's so strong. It's like lifting him off his feet. Yeah. It's smacking him against the walls. Mike comes to help. Jody comes oh, pardon to me, help. Jody comes to help. Yeah. And they're both just barely able to keep this thing contained. Exactly. And they're like, let's put it in the garbage disposal. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. Why don't you just open the door and throw it out? Throw there? it out the window. You're done. <laughs> You're done. Somebody else's problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would have done. So, yeah, they, they somehow are able to shove it down the garbage disposal. Uh, but now Reggie shows up. He's like, hey, guys, what's happening? He's like, and, yeah, Reggie. Reggie comes up like, hey. What's up? What's up, dudes? You know? He's like, hey, Mike, you want to ride along with me while I do my rounds? And, my and they're, both, they're both, like, stunned. You yeah. know? And he's like, what's wrong with you guys? And the demon fly launches back out of the garbage disposal, attacks Mike again. Uh, Jody, the, uh, once again, shoves it back down the garbage disposal while Mike stabs at it. Several times with a knife. And what they should have done in the first place is, like they did this time, they should have ran the water with the garbage disposal. Yeah, you always have to run the water. You always have to run the water. They didn't do that the first time, it didn't go all the way down. That's right. That's that's (laughs) the problem. You ran the water, you would have been fine the first place. (laughs) And man, they didn't run that garbage disposal long, No, they did not. They did not give it much time to do it. It's like, I I finished dinner, I let that motherfucker run for a while. (laughs) (laughs) You know how stinky that's going to get? <laughs> oh, right. I didn't think about that. That demon fly, that's going to yeah. stink. Um, so Jody gives Mike a shotgun now and tells him to stay put while he goes out to investigate. Uh, and before Jody... This happens a lot. Yeah. The, <laughs> Jody is constantly leaving Mike alone. And like, once, okay, twice, uh... The fifth or sixth time, like, like fuck you, fuck man. You. Yeah, like, you, you were just a <laughs> shitty brother. <Yeah. laughs> um, so... He before he leaves, he tells Mike, "This is my other favorite line in the movie." He says, "You know, blah blah blah. Something happens. Don't don't." Sh-. He's like, "No warning shots. Warning shots are bullshit." I love that. <laughs> That's line. That's my other favorite line. In this I movie. do love that line. Yeah, <laughs> warning shot. Don't 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 do a warning shot. Warning <laughs> shots are bullshit. <laughs> like That's I, I like that. That's yeah, pretty I like, solid. Yeah, I, I, solid. I agree. It's very solid. So Jody grabs a Colt handgun for himself and leaves. I've and got this. I've got this. yeah. <laughs> Little Resident Evil throw. Yeah, I there. hope it's not Chris's yeah. blood. <laughs> uh, Joey sneaks into the funeral home by the way of the same window that Mike broke earlier. And in the basement, Jody too gets attacked by a Jawa. As soon as Jody doesn't get fucking past the basement, no. As soon as he gets in the basement, out comes a Jawa or Spaceballs a Dink Dink <laughs> and attacks him. He pulls. Uh, so he pulls out his Colt and in the most awkward and inaccurate way possible. I loved it. Shoots the Jawa. The Jawa's on his back. He's riding his back. He's His head's a little bit above his. He puts the gun above his head, shoots it, point blank. Yeah. And in reality, Jody would have completely shot himself in the head base because you can see the angle of the gun. It's pointed more at Jody's head than the Jawa. Pretty risky Jody move there, Jody. Blown his head off. You got lucky. You got lucky, pal. Yeah. Um, so the jo- Jawa falls down. Yeah. He, so Jody goes to the window. Jawa gets back up, goes after Jody, who shoots the Jawa three more times. Flying then, across the room. Yeah. <laughs> Flies across the room. That's some fucking power in that gun. How did it survive a yeah. point blank shot? Uh, and then he flees out the window. By this time, I would have been like, you know what? You told me exactly what I just saw. I shot it four times. We're getting the fuck out of Dodge. Yes. Yeah. Gone. That's a great point. Gone. They just like, all right, we're gonna move or something. Yeah, but no, we'll figure just, it out later. Yeah, we're out of here. So Joey's running away from his funeral home, and the hearse is seen starting up behind him and starts driving after Jody. He turns to shoot at the hearse and then dives out of the way as it's just about to run over. And now up pulls Mike driving Jody's car. 
They drive away as the hearse returns to chase after them. Mike's got the Mike's driving, and Jody's got the shotgun. He pulls out the shotgun from the back seat, tells Mike to let the hearse catch up to them. Uh, and Mike freaks out when he knows that there's no one driving the hearse. So Joey stands up through his sunroof, starts shooting at the hearse. After several shots, the hearse crashes into a tree. He blows out the engine. The hearse crashes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike and Jody get out to investigate the crash. They open up the driver's side door of the hearse and find that one of the Jawas driving it is now dead. And they're like, it's a dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> it's been impaled to the chest by like a tree branch from the crash. Jody reaches in, removes the Jawas hood, reveal that a kind of zombified Tommy with lemon pudding blood coming out of its mouth. <laughs> Tommy, of course, the guy at the beginning of the movie who was yeah. stabbed by the sexy boob-grabbing girl. Exactly. Now, we cut to Jody on a payphone talking to Reggie, filling him in on what's happened. Uh, so a lot of this movie is just people telling other people what's already happened. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, he tells Reggie to bring his ice cream truck, and we go back to the crash site where Reggie and Joey load the Jawa's body into the freezer. They're like, man, he's heavy. Uh, so he's a thick little bastard. He's a thick bastard. Uh, they, the freezer of ice cream truck, and they lock it. And the three of them head back to Jody's house to discuss everything, figure out what's going on. Here, Jody says that the tall man is taking the bodies of the recently dead and crushing them down to half their size. Yeah. What? Of course. Because that's the most logical thing that's going to first come to my mind. That's their guess. Yeah, that's the it's first be, thing they, they come be to mind. Compressing him, you know? Yeah, like, it's like, what? Huh? Like, how do you even come to that conclusion? I don't know. So Reggie's idea then is to snatch up the tall man and stomp the shit out of him until he talks. I do love it. I do love it. He's like, we just stomp the shit out of him until he tells us what's going on here. It's like, damn, bro. Mike is like, Mike says, nope, that's not going to work because I quote, that mother is strong. And again, mother is another word that the writers love to use in this movie. They kind of get, they kind of get a little, a little, a little street here. Yeah. It's like we're gonna stop the shit up, man. That, that mother's strong. strong. And coming out of like this. two of the whitest looking motherfuckers, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. Funny. I mean, I get it. it's like that's that was probably said a lot in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I get that, but yeah, it's like it's so weird. I'm like these people are saying mother this and mother that. It's it, but besides oh shit, mother's the next most common word said <laughs> in this movie. Um. <clears throat> So Jody and Reggie take Mike over to Sally, who we don't fucking Sally. You know who that is? Just no, Sally. Yeah, they did like, just brand new characters. Yeah, like whoa, take her to Sally's antique shop because yep. that's a safe spot for that's, him. That's where we hang out. So wandering through the antique shop, Mike finds some old black and white f- photographs. One of the photos is of the tall man sitting in the driver's seat of an old horse-drawn hearse. So it looks like he's been around for a Centuries. long time. Yeah. And the photo comes to life, and it zooms in on the tall man who turns his head to look at Mike and then turns it back the way it was facing, and that's it. And that's it. And Mike pockets the photo, which nothing ever comes of it no, again. No, There's no, just, you so never see it again. Steals. Yeah. <laughs> and he demands that Sally takes him home, even though they said, keep him here yeah, no matter, no matter what. what. But they're like, nope, <laughs> take me home now. Oh, and she, and those... she gives in. She's like, oh, okay. Sally's a pushover. Yeah, there's two <laughs> Like easy in their twenties or something. Mm-hmm. And one, apparently, is an entrepreneur. She owns her own antique shop. She's balling, but she gives in to the, the, the whiny demands of a thirteen-year-old kid. Sally and Susie. Yes, the S's. That's some pretty original names exactly. right there. <laughs> Sally, Sally, Susie, Sally. Mike. We, <laughs> did not dig deep into the old name book. No, they didn't even use the same actor's name, Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> we can't think of any names. Can I just use my own name? Sure. sure. <laughs> so. 
back to Reggie driving back from dropping off Mike, and he hears stumping and snarling come from the back of his truck. Uh, but the movie cuts away before yeah. anything happens, and it cuts so, away. And to- Reggie's like, "Oh shit, he's yep. awake!" Oh shit! And it cuts to Jody sleeping in a chair. The camera zooms in on Jody's face, and then it zooms out again. And Jody is now in the mausoleum. He Jody opens his eyes to see the tall man walking down the hallway towards him again with like the very long stride, long gait. Mm-hmm. And the tomb right above Jody's head bursts open, open, and two Jawas or two Jawas pull okay. him inside. Uh, Jody wakes up back in his living room. So again, so, it's, again it's just, but it's bad editing. So it's kind of like, huh? Yeah, you know, is this kind of was that a dream sequence? They don't wake up like ah. They yeah. just open their eyes like hmm. hmm. Well, yeah. that was disturbing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I totally. You very, yeah, it's not like they point. wake up like oh, oh god, oh, oh shit. That they, was just, they just kind of open their eyes like hmm. hmm. Oh, that was not cool. <laughs> that was <laughs> so not cool, bro. we go back to Sally and her friend Susan making driving Mike home, and they come across in Reggie's, a Volkswagen Bug in a vo- yeah in the Beetle, and it's it doesn't look as driving. It looks like someone's just on the side, kind of shaking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> you're driving. Act like you're driving. I'm just gonna shake it here a little bit. And they come across Reggie's overturned ice cream truck. Mike gets out to check it check it out and tells the girls to stay put. And again, this is irresponsible of the women to let him out. Like, Dude, they they have no backbone. They do whatsoever. Not. They're just like, oh, you want to go home again? Okay. okay. You want us to stay in the car? Okay. Right. You know. So they're not listening to Mike at all, or they're they're listening to everything he says. Yeah. At this point, it's almost like Mike is like the abusive boyfriend of these Kinda. girls. It's like, take me home. Say. Stop the car. Stay inside. Whatever you say, Mike. Just, yeah. wait, just don't hit me again. Whatever you say. <laughs> uh, so he goes back to check on the freezer and finds that the padlock has been broken, but yet someone had put it back on the latch, which yeah. really makes no sense. That's like strange that's really too. weird. Yeah, like it should be on the ground or something. Not like if you break out a latch, you don't like oh let me put that back. Yeah, put on. that. Let me close the door <laughs> and put it back, back on. on. Yeah. So he opens the freezer door. The job was gone. He rushes back to the car, tells the girls, get him home quickly. And, and I, this is where they don't listen. Yeah, this is the one where they don't. <laughs> this is where they finally stand up for themselves and like, no, we want to know what's going on. And there's then all of a sudden you hear banging and rustling yeah, on the door. And the guy's trying to open the door and he's going, Mike's going, drive, drive, drive. drive. And, and, and they're like, <laughs> what's going on? Exactly. God damn it, bitch, just drive. This is the time you decide to stand up and not do what he says. I agree. He's like, oh, he's like, oh shit. So that's why I started getting exactly the, exactly what you say. It's great. Like all this banging up and like What's going on, Mike? <laughs> They're not like, holy shit, we yeah. need to get out of here. Right. We refuse. <laughs> oh, my God. So we see the door, like, yeah, the door lock starts to jiggle. And, like, Mike's like, don't open that door. But just like a mor- fucking moron, that's exactly what she does. Like, <sighs> let me open this door. That something's obviously trying to get right. in. <laughs> Opens she, the door and then pile like three towers. Yeah, I was just piling into this like thing. a reverse clown car. Yes. You know, they just come pouring in. Yes. Uh, the second job goes after Mike in the back seat. Beats the shit out of him. Oh, he wails on Mike. He's like getting slammed around the back seat. And before, then he's just tossed he out the rear window. Throws Mike's lanky ass out the, the back of the Beetle. As the car peels away into the night as the girls scream. Oh. Now, uh, here's another thing that, I, I don't know if you know this, but just another continuity error. The truck. Yes. yes. When, the, 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 when they show the Beetle driving away, Reggie's ice cream truck it's is facing just- facing the truck. Lights on. Yeah, lights shining on. Shining right at it. But the truck is now gone. Completely gone. Completely disappeared. Yes. No, no truck anywhere. Yes. So I, uh, I noticed that, right? I mean, it's, it's glaring. Yes. I'm it's glad. a glaring continuity Yeah. 
Because right when I saw it, I was like, where the fuck did you? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we, only had the, we only had the truck for one night. Yeah. Can't redo that one. Uh, so Mike runs home, and this guy must have cardio for days. Yeah. Because we have no idea. He's just running all over the place in this movie. And we have no That's idea. That's how he keeps up with He's, he's, he's keeping up, with it up in that car, man. You know, you know he can move. Yeah. Um, so Jody hugs him and then has Mike sit on his lap. It's weird really too. weird. It's kind of strange. It's so weird. It's like, you know, you're, and you're then, not that young. Yeah. You know, he's, like, he just kind of like, sit down, buddy. Sit I'm down like, on my lap. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not weird. like a father and son. It's like an older brother. And and again, to make it show that he's just another shitty brother or just irresponsible is he lets his 13 year old brother drink his beer. I do love that. But it's like, he didn't even give him a chance. He just grabs it. And gulp, gulp, gulp. I'd just be like, all right, obviously you're disturbed. Yeah. I, Go for it, buddy. I, the seventies must've been awesome. Cause apparently 13 year olds can drink <laughs> and drive in the seventies. Shoot shotguns. <laughs> Shoot shotguns. Warning shots are bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so again, Mike fills in Jody, and what happens? We get more retelling of what yep. happened. And again, Jody's like, "Go to your room, you'll be safe." And God damn it! Okay, yeah. And thank God, Mike's like, "No, yeah." He's like, "No." He refuses. He forces him in there, throws him over his shoulder. He's like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> throws him in the room and wedges it closed with, with a screwdriver. Yeah, and obviously you can tell this has been done before because there's scratches all over. It's like he locks his brother in there a lot. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Joey just leaves for the funeral home. Again, it's like, what? Like, I get so, now that maybe something's happened to Reggie, they have more inclination to go back and figure out. But you're, you're totally right. Like, they should be like, we're just getting the hell out of here. Let's be saying he's easy. This got, is not he's, our problem. He's got Susie and Sally, and they've got Reggie, too. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I, okay, now I get you got to go save your friends. Yeah. So Mike now pulls out a shotgun shell from his jacket pocket. And then he has a moment of sheer brilliancy. MacGyver moment. MacGyver, he tack, he sticks a thumbtack into the head of the shotgun shell and then tapes that to the head of a hammer. And he goes to the bedroom door, swings the hammer, which blasts a hole through the door <laughs> large enough for Mike to reach his hand through and remove the screwdriver. I'm sorry. Uh, this hand, probably would have blown off his hand. I know. Like, I'm just thinking, dude. It's gonna fuck your hands up. Yeah. It's gonna fuck your hands up. But I'm like, and now I kind of want to like look something up on YouTube to see if that's even possible. Yeah. <laughs> like the Phantasm Hammer Gun. Does it work? <laughs> I want to see MythBusters in on this Myth shit. Buster. Oh, you that'd know? be awesome. Does this happen? Does this happen? <laughs> just Does this blow his fucking hands off? I mean, will it damage his hands? Will it? What's happening? Because man, it works like a charm. Yeah. Um, I don't think. It- I mean, I don't know, because there would have to be something that, like, the thumbtack would p- puncture the shell, but I don't know if that'd be enough to actually ignite a spark to cause the explosion. In the gunpowder, right. The gunpowder to go off. I don't, I don't think so. And but... if it did go off, a shotgun shell that close would probably blow your hand It'd off. It'd just blow up, it, because the reason it goes forward is through the barrel of the gun. Yeah, but it there's no barrel. blow up. It just, yeah, like a firework, it just right. blows outward, yeah. <laughs> it, he would, his hand would be gone, or at least in pieces. I still kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> So he runs downstairs, grabs yet another gun. This, they have an endless supply of guns in this household. <laughs> they are like NRA loving motherfuckers. Yeah, the Freeman well, NRA. Yeah. They do have like a puma on the wall, <laughs> like true. a half stuffed half, puma. Not just the head; it's like a whole upper torso. So my guess, they just blew it in half <laughs> with the shotgun and just like, I well, love the, puma. <laughs> the top part's still good. I did love the puma. Let's just use that because it's, it's it's complete upper half with its two front legs and the head. Like, it's rawr, rawr. Rawr. Yeah. It looks like it's with Michael. Jack and Spiller dance. Yeah, you know? kinda, just. <laughs> uh, 
So he, uh, where was it? Yeah, he flings the front door open, and there stands the tall man who says, I've been waiting for you. Wait, he's holding his hands up like he's missing his fingers, and then he opens up his hands. It's kind of like the cheesy effect of when you slide your finger. Yes, and it's the like thumb, the it's thumb effect. The thumb going over the finger, and you're like tricking little kids. It's like, look, I can slide my finger apart. He's kind of the same thing because he's holding his hand up, and he's got his fingers curled under his knuckles, and he opens his hand like, ha-ha, my fingers grew back. No, no. You're right. Mike's not that dumb. He's like... Uh, no, your fingers were always there. <laughs> <laughs> so the tall man just grabs Mike and like carries him like a kitten, like by the nape of the neck, just picks him up one hand and carries him and then throws him in the back of the hearse. Yep. And they drive mm-hmm. off. Now, I will say the music that's played during this ce- these scenes of Jody and the tall man driving, I actually kind of like the Dude, music The music here. in this movie is pretty good. It, it's pretty it's, groovy it's, stuff. It's a bit cheesy and clearly done on synthesizer, but I like it. But it's good. It's good. Look, well, hey, John Carp- Carpenter in the 70s synthesizer, yeah. and stuff in the 80s, like Escape from New York and stuff synthesizer. It was it was, it was, was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Um, so Mike tries to kick out the rear window of the hearse, has no luck with that. So he pulls out his gun, shoots the window, shattering the glass. He then points the gun down and shoots. I like through the wheel well. The, yeah. yeah, he shoots through the floor into the rear tire, blowing the rear tire out. It's not a bad idea. And this causes the tall man to lose control of the hearse. Mike like does like I don't know how he would take a running leap, but he somehow takes like squatting running leap, leaps out the broken back window right as the hearse crashes into a wooden post and just explodes. Thank you. For some reason, it explodes. And a big ball of fire. Which makes no fucking sense because we saw the earlier. So this actually must be a second hearse now because we saw the hearse earlier crash into a giant tree and not explode at all. That's a good point. They've got another. They've got got a a fleet of hearses. Yeah, they've got a couple of hearses in there. But for some reason, this time when it crashes into what is basically just a fence post, a large (laughs) fence post, the car explodes (laughs) in a massive fireball. Boom. I love it. <laughs> and it's on engulfed in it, flames. Yeah, it, Matt, it's just it's nothing left. Uh, so Jody, in the meantime, is back in the mausoleum. He breaks open his parents' tomb and pulls out his father's casket. He closes his eyes, opens the casket, but he never actually looks inside. He just says to himself, yeah, he has to be in there and closes the lid. Yeah, he doesn't even bother to look. Yeah, it's like you just you desecrated through, your parents' grave You for went nothing. through all of that. Just to go, nah, nah, nah but he's in there. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. It's all right. <laughs> so meanwhile, now, Mike now enters the funeral home through the front door. And another one of the flying chrome spheres is seen zipping around the mausoleum, and which Mike has now entered as well. He finds his parents' casket. Mike's uh, got some balls. Yeah. Opens it up, takes a look. Screams. Dad's not in there. Yes. Dad's not in No one's in there. He freaks out. Screams, runs away. Mike comes to a stop, sees the flying sphere coming at him, but he just stands there and says, oh, my God. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm surprised it was. It should have been, oh, shit. But Jody pops up behind Mike and shoots the sphere with his shotgun. The sphere explodes in a puff of purple dust and yeah, smoke. I liked it. Uh, Mike then leads Jody to the door he found earlier, uh, the one that Star Child opened up. And Reggie just runs in behind him again. Why not? Pops up like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Why not? <laughs> Reggie just shows up. Reggie, weren't you in a horrible truck accident? We didn't find your body. What happened? Nothing. Huh? You just hey guys, like, what's going on? Nah, man, I'm cool. I already saved some bitches. Yeah. Don't worry about <laughs> I saved it. The I say, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I found Sally Susan. Oh yeah, and a bunch of other girls I've never seen, seen before. before. And oh, I helped him escape through the window. It's all good. <laughs> 
They ran like scared rabbits. Yeah. What do you say, us dudes, and us swinging dicks, take care of this? <laughs> Jesus, man. And he's got a leather jacket on, like a leather vest. He's rocking a leather vest on his ice cream outfit. Fucking Reggie's awesome. <laughs> So the three of them open up the door and they find this white room filled with stacks of like Rubbermaid looking barrels. I love this room. It's so sterile. It feels like an Apple computer room. Like if <laughs> Apple computer was a room, it'd be this room. It'd be this room. Yeah. Um, so also in the room at the far end are these two chrome posts sticking out of the floor. Right. And Joey starts looking into the barrels, which houses the Jawas. Like the yeah. Jawas live they're in looking these at barrels. The, they're looking at the barrels and they're like, and he looks and goes, Dwarves. Dwarves. <laughs> um, I wish he said jealous. Jealous. So Mike swings his arm through the open space between the two chrome posts, and in doing so, his arm disappears from sight until he pulls it back, where we hear a woman's voice say, "Don't fear." Yeah. So like, he's what? like, "Okay, I'll put my hand like like the." I guess like the, the box. box. But it's like what? Like All what? Right. Don't fear about. Yeah, have no fear about an interdimensional portal. You just yeah, that's, that's something to be fear scared. Fucking scary. That's something to be scared about. <laughs> so Mike kneels down again and sticks his hand through the open space. This time he sucked into the void and pulled into another dimension. He finds himself free falling through a red sky, and on the ground below him he sees an endless line of Jawas walking off into the red horizon, like away stuff, from like the yeah. pile of barrels they just they, they've come out of. And so apparently Mike has found the portal from the funeral home to Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because holy because sh- I mean holy shit. Dude, sh- it's you, Tatooine you with know the, red what this, the sky. It is. You know what this I mean this means that the, this world and Star Wars universe are connected by a portal in a funeral home. Wow. And that the Jaw- my mind is blown. The Jawas are crushed down dead people. They've they, they've crushed down into zombies. That means the zombies, which the Jawas have yellow, bright, glowing eyes, yes. which are just the bloodshot eyes of the zombie dwarfs because, because they have blood, mustard blood. Lemmy, lemon yes. pudding blood. Zo- Jawas are zombies from Phantasm. <laughs> Unbelievable. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is also why they can't speak basic or English because they're like, like, because their vocal cords have yeah. been smushed down and they're zombies. So they're like, Jawa speak. That's perfect. Oh my god. Um. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh god. Anyway, Mike, <laughs> mid fall, Mike's just grabbed by Jody out of midair and pulled back into our dimension. And Mike tells Jody and Reggie that the dwarfs slash Jawas have been used for slaves, and they have to crush them down because of the gravity and the heat. What huh? the shit? It's wait, like he spent a whole ten seconds, ten seconds max in there, and all of a sudden he absorbed all this knowledge. Yeah, like how does he even figure that out? There's nothing explaining it to him. He doesn't see, read a book. There's nothing. You don't see like the Jawas getting whipped like slaves. Right. Or They're just walking in a line in the distance. And if the gravity was so intense, wouldn't you get sucked down a little faster? A little faster. No, he's like floating like a feather down this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like there's no plausible way Mike knows this all of a sudden, but he, he does. I, I don't know. I love it. So, anyway, the room now goes Marshall dark. took a big slug of big water, old, yeah. so I'm sure you're going to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sploosh. Um, anyway, the room goes dark. 
Mike pulls out a lighter, and as soon as he lights it, he gets jumped by a Jawa. Dude, I love this. The room goes dark, and they're all just calm as could be. Hey, man, let's stick together. I got a lighter. Pull that sucker out, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, there are some smooth motherfuckers. They're just, they're not freaking out at all. Yeah, which I, I, I. Uh, I can't get. I would call bullshit. That I would be be fucking freaked out. Yeah, you just you saw just, an interventional portal. With, there's midgets, with like Jawa midget. There's dwarves in, in barrels, like in rubber made barrels, right next to you. And the power just goes off. <sighs> you're like, oh shit! Yeah. I would be freaking out. Yeah, where's the oh shit line there? And you know? if one wrong step, and you're fall- you can't even yeah. see the portal, you're falling into the portal. You're mm-hmm. gone. So, uh, the room goes dark again because the liar goes out. And we hear Jody open a door and tell Mike to follow him. The door closes, leaving Reggie alone in the dark. And for the third or fourth time now, Reggie, go- you hear him, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we see Jody running around the outside of the funeral home. Somehow he got out yeah. all the way outside. and he All left, the way outside. He left all those motherfuckers in the dust. Yeah. His brother, Reggie, he's gone. Just, they suck. And again, I was like, yeah, how did he get outside so fast is beyond me. Um, in the dark room, the power comes back on, and there's Reggie all alone. He walks up to the chrome post, reaches out with both hands, like he's going to touch the tops of them, but the movie then cuts away to Jody outside, and we see the blonde woman we met, he met at the bar. The one who's uh, the cockasidal maniac. Yes, and the same one that killed up, standing behind Jody with a knife. And we cut back to Reggie, grabbing, he, who grabs the top of the post, and as soon as he does, the blonde woman gasps, <gasps> and Reggie is tossed to the floor, and the portal then begins to suck everything in the room through it, like and a giant like wind vortex, tornado, like right, it's like, like pol- poltergeist or like monster squad. And it just starts sucking starts everything sucking in. Starts sucking in, and Reggie's got to climb and slide across the floor while these rubbermaid ba- Jawas are flying past, past him. He is, he's able to get through the door. Just get it closed, and you know, but there's like there's still this humming and buzzing, yeah. like this giant windstorm blowing yeah. everywhere, like energy um, and things. This is sucking in more than just a few things. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it, building and then in power. He gets out of the room. Outside, Mike is calling out for Jody again. Now outside, it's like this massive tornado, like windstorm yeah, outside wind, too. Huge windstorm. Um, Reggie exits out the front door of the funeral home, fighting against the winds. Uh, he finds a blonde woman in a purple dress lying on the ground. He goes to check her out. She, he rolls her over, and she just stabs Reggie in the chest. Right, boom, boom, right. In the, it's the same woman from mm-hmm. before, but he, you don't see it. You don't see her face. Stabs Reggie in the chest. Mike and Jody, they find each other. They head off to get Reggie. The blonde woman is standing over Reggie now, looking down at him while he bleeds out. And now again, the woman flashes back and forth between being a woman and being the tall, tall man. man. Uh, the tall man pulls out the knife. From Reggie, as as Reggie seems to die, um, so Mike and Jody see this, uh, see the tall man standing over Reggie, and Mike's like, "We have to, no, we have to go help him." Jody's like, "Nope, he's dead. We he's already can't, can't help him. We gotta get out of here." So they drive off in Jody's car. As they drive away, the funeral home is engulfed in light that changes from like yellow to red, red to, to green, green to blue. And I'm not sure if the funeral home is supposed to disappear or, or just a bad, really in. bad editing. Yeah. Because there, it, or because it just cuts. It goes from like it's glowing, then it just cuts to black, and it, like it's a black screen. And we, Mike and Joey arrive back home. So, yeah, like what happens to the funeral? Like, it's I just, thought it got sucked into the vortex or disappeared. Yeah, or whatever. I, I, I mean, it didn't really get sucked into anything. It just it, fucking disappeared. It just, they just cut the black. Yeah. It, it's just that's all that happens. <clears throat> 
Um, but I, I get the idea that something happened to it too, but they do a really shitty job of yeah. showing it or explaining that. Um, so Mike and Joey arrive back at the house. Joey tells Mike about an old mine shaft that must be at least a thousand feet deep, and that we have to get the tall man up there somehow. Huh? What? Again, like this is your logic. Like, <laughs> it makes no sense. And Joey tells Mike to go inside to get more ammo while he races up to the mine shaft to try to camouflage it. So we've had unsuccessful times when I've left you all alone. Stay here by yourself yeah. one more time. One more time. I'm going to leave sure you by yourself. Work this time. And this time he's like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I'll leave you alone. Same thing. In this shame movie, I mean. Don't leave each yeah, other alone. Exactly. That's exactly my point. Uh, so Mike starts locking all the windows, and he comes he, up to another window. He pulls back the curtains, and there's the tall man staring at him oh, on the other Oh, you think? Side. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, what happened. It was so they know where you live. Yeah. He's already <laughs> been there once. He knows he likes to leave Mike by himself. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's just like, oh, I know he's not going to be there. Yeah, it's like, shit. They're just, just like, set him up and let me knock him down. Yeah. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> um. So, yeah, the tall man smashes through the window. Mike rushes off. But the very next scene, he's just walking slowly, creeping down the hallway. So much for running away or out the house. He's just like, I'm just going to creep my way through here real slow. (laughs) He enters the kitchen, and that's when the back door bursts off his hinges and flies flies off. just bursts open. And there's the tall man standing there laughing. And Mike just easily runs out the front door, heads up to the mine shaft. Like, nothing happens. Um... And we know we already know Mike's got cardio for days. Yeah, he does. The tall man stalks after Mike, and we hear the tall man say in voiceover, "You play a good game, boy, but the game is finished. Now you die." And I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Although, except for every time I hear "You play a good game, boy," I'm just thinking Mike deserves Mike playing like Tetris or something on the Game Boy. <laughs> uh, so as Mike runs through the woods, two gravestones just burst up from the ground right in front of him out of nowhere. Yeah. And again, he tells himself. Not to fear, and he runs past. Yeah, it. he's like, "Don't fear, don't, bitch." That's bitch, scary. Bitch, scary shit. <laughs> You're not in a cemetery. He's come out of nowhere. I, I do love. He goes, "Don't fear." He takes one step. All of a sudden, the ground's right. like yeah, liquid mush. mud, it's and mush. hands are coming out, grabbing. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It turns like muddy quicksand, and he's sinking in it as he. Yeah, these hands. <laughs> don't worry, fear is nothing. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he's able to break free, and he comes face to face with the blonde woman in the purple dress. And he pulls the knife out of his. Uh, he's got the knife with him. He pulls it out. Yeah, of his, and, and his again, holder. he's still saying, "Don't fear, don't fear." And he just walks past her. She doesn't do anything. He just stands. They're just kind of. They're like kind of like got knives drawn in each other, and they're circling a little bit. But that's about that's it. Like it. he just kind of. They. they it's like they have a little standoff. Yeah, and he just walks away. Really? Uh, all right. <laughs> like, you could at least have him stab the girl or something. Like, just why even? Okay, whatever. Just walk away. So, uh, he runs out from the bushes and takes a moment to, like, survey his surroundings. And this, the tall man emerges from the bushes in front of Mike, who again turns and just runs. Tall man giving chase. They run past an overgrown sign that just reads, Mine Shaft. Mm-hmm. And he's running, Mike's running, running, and he leaps through the air. And really, it's really weird because based on the angle that they film yeah, this, falls in, down. Fall, it looks yeah. like he falls into a pit, but he's supposed to just be on the ground. It's really odd yeah, filming a, angle. To yeah. f- um, anyway, so the tall man runs over the camouflage mine shaft, which is really just a hole in the ground. It really is. It's literally like it's 
Which, yeah, which again, it wouldn't be a mine shaft. A mine shaft, you know, you walk into, you go into yeah. a mine. This is a giant fucking hole in the ground. And it's the oldest trick in the book. I mean, this is the shit you saw all the time in Looney Tunes cartoons. Right. It's just a brown sheet over a hole that, that's the, it. <laughs> the tall man doesn't see it yeah. and falls in. And he's trying to, he falls down the hole. Yeah. And he tries to grab Mike's foot, but is unable to hold on. And he plummets down into the dark abyss. And then suddenly, a giant styrofoam boulder just begin falling from the sky. And they all start falling perfectly into, into the, the hole. hole. <laughs> they come bouncing down the side of this cliff face. Yeah. And they bounce perfectly. And then one big one seals it. Seals the deal. One huge boulder just fits right in, <laughs> sealing it tight. Mike, Mike looks up and Jody's at the top of the cliff like face. Like a fucking guardian angel. His hands on his hips. He's got the light behind him. Backlit. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. Some kind of guardian angel. Yeah. Religious. <laughs> and it just cuts to Mike waking up in bed. And crossfade to Mike sitting in front of the fireplace next to Reggie. Yeah. And Mike's telling Reggie that he knows the rocks aren't going to hold him. And Reggie says, oh, you just had a bad dream. You've hardly slept since the funeral last week. It was just a nightmare. Uh... Mike goes on to say that he first he took mom and dad, and then he took Jody, and now he's coming for me. Uh... So what? Like, this is where it gets really fucking weird. And, like, uh, what the shit? all a dream. Reggie tells him that the tall man, uh, the tall man of his did not take Jody away, that Jody died in a car wreck. Cut to a shot of Mike standing over Jody's grave, then back to Reggie telling Mike that it was all just a bad dream again. Oh. Reggie tells Mike he's not alone and I'll take care of him. Uh, and he's like, hey, you know what? Why don't the two of us get out of here? Let's hit the road for a couple weeks. So Mike's like, okay, let's do that. So Reggie sends Mike upstairs to go pack a few things for the trip. In his bedroom, Mike finds a picture of Jody. And I'm sorry, this is like the gayest looking picture. <laughs> Because Jody's like sprawled out on a bed, holding his his guitar in one hand, like this small, this small like white dog <laughs> in the other, and a bottle of Dos Equis leaning up against his leg. There's another Dos Equis like at, like moment in the movie yeah, too. Yeah, when they're on the porch playing the <laughs> yeah, guitar, yeah. Dos Equis. Uh, it's just a really weird. Like, where's that dog? Like, well, they don't have a dog in this movie at all. Well, apparently it was all a dream anyway. Yeah, so so Mike, why not? Let's throw a fucking dog in there. He grabs the picture and tosses that with a few other things into like a bag. Walks past his closet door and in doing so, he like bumps it, which closes the door. And we see the tall man standing in the mirror. The reflection in the mirror. mirror. And Mike sees the reflection, spins around. He's face to face with the tall man. The tall man just says, Boy! And the two hands. <laughs> and these two hands break through the mirror, grab Mike, and the hands pull him into the dark void, screaming, Roll credits. What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> What I the... was so disappointed I when know, they're like, it it's all a dream. You're Jody's been dead. I'm Reggie, the guy who drives the ice cream he around. Tried... Now I'm taking care of you. Yeah, and... What? You're huh? The... What? Yeah. Ah. 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 This movie angers me in so many ways. And I get like, I get like, it's a lot of people like this movie. And it's a, people, some people view it as a classic. And I, I'm probably, people might say, oh, well, you just don't get it. You don't get it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have to get my horror <laughs> movies. This is not like a fucking Inception or, uh, or God, was that other movie, Leonardo DiCaprio and the Lighthouse or something? Shutter, oh, uh, Island. Shutter Island. Yeah, where it's like, what the fuck? No, just give me. Either it's a dream or not. This is not Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, weird like shit. they were like teasing with yeah, that a lot. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking, I, 
Oh. <laughs> I have more to say on that later. <laughs> let's go on. It's, let's move on to um, favorite kills. There can be only one favorite kill. Now, again, there's like no kills in this movie yeah, at I, all. I think it's obvious. It's, uh, my, favorite, kill. my favorite kill is the sphere. Yeah, it's the only one worth even talking about. Yeah, classic uh, classic moment in uh, horror cinema, the sphere drilling into people's heads. And obviously it's been done in the sequels a lot because I think everyone just... Obviously, there's nothing to do with the sphere. The, the movie doesn't focus on the sphere. Which, again, pisses me off because the whole thing... When, before I even watch this movie, all I knew about Phantasm was... There's an old guy and the balls. Like everybody, mm. the spheres, the spheres, the spheres. I'm mm. like, okay, we're gonna see a lot of sphere stuff. And it's, and it was, the focus was the the, the dwarves, man, the dwarf the, man. Yeah, the Jawas played. The Jawas, they were they were like the focus. It's like they, they even said that's why there's there's this interdimensional portal, and that's why there's this. The, it was the dwarves. Those were the yeah. scary beasts or the thing that the tall man commanded. Yeah. What the fuck was the sphere? Yeah. Where are they <laughs> come from? Why are they there? And, like, if you're going to focus on that, like, they, they're there for, like, barely at all. He, they get one kill, and the other one gets blown by a shotgun, and that's it. Yeah, and then the kill is one of his henchmen. Yeah. Who, who Which, the fuck was that guy? Yeah, I guess, the groundskeeper, Willie? Yeah, in, in the credits, there's somebody listed as caretaker, so I'm guessing that's who it's supposed to be. Mm. But, again, it's like, yeah, why not have the sphere do something Elves, like they could have killed the girls, like Susan or it's like Sally. Well, or... obviously they really the fans responded to Sphere because that's all it is in the sequel. Yeah, it's just I, Sphere it, action all over the place. Uh, so <clears throat> yeah, I like everything about this. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, it's gotta be the character. It's the only mm. kill we're talking about. So it's kind of a pointless to do that segment for this one. But well, we did it. Sphere, Sphere. <laughs> all right. So uh, with that said, let's move into uh, odds and ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? Um, <clears throat> all right, ratings. Uh, IMDb gives it a 6.9 out of 10, uh, which is one of the higher scores. Yeah. Of ones we, uh, now, on Rotten Tomatoes, the scores there were for the remastered version, not the original 1979 version, so I'm not really counting it because other things like, oh, it's remastered, remastered. It's not, they're talking about yeah. the, it's not the original one, so I, I scoot forward. And Amazon gives it a 4.1 out of 5. Um. A plot keywords, there were 71. Uh, I only wrote down three, which was dwarf, attempted child strangulation. Ooh, attempted child strangulation. And moped. Which was not a moped it's at a all. Straight up Kawasaki. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a moped. So I'm like, all right, a moped. Um, moving on to trivia, there was a lot of trivia I found for this movie. Nice. Um, some of it I didn't even write all of it down because there's just too much, but I did write some of it. Uh, some of the things that are more interesting. Uh, the genesis of the story, or the idea for the story, came from Don Coscarelli, the director's in a dream. He said one night. <laughs> oh, you think? You think? Yeah. <laughs> he said uh, one night in, in his late teens, he dreamt of fleeing down an endless, endlessly long marble corridor, pursued by a chrome sphere intent on penetrating his skull with a wicked needle. There's also a uh, quite futuristic sphere dispenser out of which the orbs would emerge and begin chasing him. Cool. <laughs> yeah, like th that would have been cool. Like, put that in the movie. Um, the, Don also uh, rented all the filming equipment used to make this movie. He always rented it on a Friday so he could use it at all weekend long and return on Mondays while only actually having to pay for one day's rental. That's fee. slick bastard. Yeah, that's pretty smart. Uh, although being very tall, staying at 6'4", uh, Angus Strim wore several suits, wore suits several sizes smaller to give him the and boots that lifted uh, – uh, and inside to add an extra three inches to his height to make him, yeah. Clever. Yeah. The ball, 
quote unquote, the sphere scenes were simple special effects. The sphere was thrown from behind the camera by a baseball pitcher, and then sh the shot was printed in reverse. While the ball attaching itself to the man's head was filmed by sticking it on his head and then pointing off and printing that in reverse. Uh, Don Corselli got the idea of the tall man's living severed finger while drinking from a styrofoam cup. He punctured his finger through the bottom and started moving it around. He loved the visual effect of it and decided to include it in the story. I kind of like this guy's style. <laughs> got bad dreams. I like poking my finger through cups. Uh, in the scene before the funeral, Jody is confronted by the tall man for the first time in the mausoleum. Bill Thornberry, who plays Jody, uh, was was pretty much nearly as tall as Angus Shrim, so they had to put Shrim on a uh, on apple crate when they filmed that He looks that scene. ridiculously taller than yeah, and that scene. Like, that when scene. they do it behind, you, you, yeah, he's like like grew a foot. Yeah. <laughs> um, the title was changed to "The Never Dead." For the Australian audiences, as not to confuse it with the popular Aussie sex comedy, World of Sexual Fantasy, 1976, which was also known as Phantasma. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, now, this one I wrote yeah. down just for you because um, I thought it was, you'd get kicked out of this. Oh, boy, I'm late. All right. The song, Ace of Spades, 1980, from Motorhead, was released the year after Phantasm, 1979, and is reported, now take this for what it is, reported to have its origins from this film. At a New York screening of the movie, Lemmy was heard to have muttered that Mike's head looked like the Ace of Spades and then spent much of the rest of the film writing out the lyrics in a notepad. He used the pencil he had been given to him earlier that day by David Soul. Huh. Yeah. Which, I, when I look back, he does look like an Ace of Spades because he's got this long yeah. hair that poofs out to the side and a pointy... And a skinny neck. Skinny neck. And, you know, it's kind of got... A Big, his face isn't quite full. No, he's a very narrow face. But the, when you add the hair, yeah, that long yeah, kind of help. Man, that's that's a seems like a real stretch. That seems like such an odd connection. I, I, it's perhaps it's true. Like I, yeah. we, I know where knowing, but I, it I thought it, bullshit. I found it very interesting if that is the case. Sure. So I wanted to. Uh, J. weird one. J.J. Abrams. Everybody knows who that is. Uh, uh, basically revealed in an interview published by Entertainment that he came up with the name Captain Phasma, the, the stormtrooper. Uh, after seeing the chrome design of the fan, it reminded me of the ball in Phantasm. <laughs> so the Stormtrooper supposedly is based off the Silver Sphere in cool. Phantasm. Um, this was filmed at the same mansion location that was used in So I Married an Axe Murderer, the uh, was oh, the Mike Myers movie, yeah, and Little Girls Blue, which is a very famous porn movie from the 70s. <laughs> so that was the, well, yeah. The, uh, there was obviously there's leftover like uh, extras there. You know, the cockasidal maniac. The cockasidal maniac. Right? She's, yeah. yeah, she's like, I'm still here yeah, from, uh, yeah. what was the movie? Blue. Little Girls Little Blue. Little Girls Blue. Well, Little Girl Blue, my wiener. No. <laughs> uh, she just said wiener. She said Blue, my wiener. Blue, my wiener. How old am I? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> apparently at one point, Entertainment Weekly ranked this as the 17th scariest film of all time, which it makes me scratch my head. I didn't. I don't think this is very scary because it's so goddamn confusing and like, what is happening? Yeah, I wouldn't go with scary, but I did find it, you know, like there's some jumps, there's some weird, creepy stuff, but I wouldn't say it was scary. Yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, the film was originally rated X by the MPAA because Whoa. of the famous Silver Sphere, the murder scene, the kill scene, awesome. and because the man pissed himself after falling down dead. <laughs> So that it was originally given an X rating for that. Jeez. Um, after they're really going aggressively yeah. out of this movie. After filming the scene where his character is killed by one of the silver spheres, the, the mm -hmm. Kenneth Jones, the actor, was too tired to have his have his makeup removed, so he drove home in it. 
And as he did, he was pulled over by a police officer who was naturally suspicious of him being covered in fake blood and didn't immediately buy his story of being an actor. That's funny. <laughs> and the last one. Um, That's a at, lot of trivia. Well, there was a lot I left yeah. out. Uh, at the end, when Reggie comes out of the funeral home, the production installed you know, the wind machine with the huge fan blowing to create the effect of the very strong wind. As a joke, A. Michael Baldwin, who plays Michael, started throwing stones in front of the fan, which several went on to hit Reggie and Kathy Lester several times, pelting him with rocks. What a dick. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Kids riding his Kawasaki through a, through a cemetery, and he's throwing rocks at people. What yeah. an asshole. Yeah, that's exactly That is a dick move. So wait, wait. What's the actor's name? A. Michael Baldwin, who played Mike. Michael, huh? Yeah. Mike, A. Michael Baldwin. Jesus. And we have Reggie, who played Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> they did not try very hard. Uh, with, but with, so that wraps up trivia. So we now get to go into the budget game. It's now time to play everyone's favorite game. Guess the budget. All right. All right. So budget for fan, Phantasm. I almost stumbled over Phantasm. 1979. What well, do you got? All right. Uh, we know that he had to be used cheap. He was going and he was doing it on a budget. It's pretty obvious. Considering we know that he bought the rented the equipment. He didn't even own any equipment. Uh, 79. To 79. Too bad. It's tough to tell, man. It's a tough guess. It gets hard, especially with like, money. Se- yeah, yeah, 79. So the order gets, it gets harder to guess. I, I'm there with yeah. you. Um, yeah, so that's $300,000 for Phantasm. Um, let's move on to five-star reviews. These special movies have a place in these special people's hearts. Five-star reviews. I'm sure there's a ton of them. There were 36 pages of five-star reviews yeah, on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, that's That's a lot of people liking this movie. And I went through all 36 pages. <laughs> it damn, took bro. Forever. That's some commitment. Now, but here's the problem. Um, uh, a lot of the movies, a lot of these, it was really weird because, again, the reviews were kind of a mixed bag of reviewing this movie and reviewing the remastered version. And some of it was just reviewing, like, we seen reviewing some of the sequels like they weren't it wasn't just phantasm just phantasm, phantasm. as a series yeah it was we- really weird trying mm-hmm. to isolate some of these now um some of these are uh, uh a little I actually wrote down let's see one two four mm-hmm. of i only wrote down four of the five star reviews and then i d- moved on to some of the one star reviews just because oh, okay. to cover both spots um from Jack submit at hotmail.com so if you have any problem with him you can <laughs> write, we know exactly where you're you at reach Jack. Him out. Um, I like the part where that girl turned into the tall man and killed that guy in the cemetery. I think the tall man is cool. I think they should make a movie where the tall man tries to do something normal, such as try out for a county bowling league, playing a pinball machine, playing blackjack in Las Vegas, drinking a beer at the pub, playing lead guitar with a local band, working as a short order cook at a diner, or being an ice cream man. Five stars. That's the weirdest one. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Like he really made some random shit. Like I don't, being a nurse at the hospital, fishing in off of Long Island, painting his house on a Saturday morning. Right. Dude, <laughs> what other random things can we say? You can go all day. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, and then from a customer, this is by the way, all caps. Uh, oh boy. And uh, so get this movie. It has a cute boy in it. Five stars. <laughs> Don't know if that's from a boy or a girl. Just any customer. Any customer. Oh. And then from another 
customer. Um, this movie has probably one of the most stupid plots ever. The acting is okay, but somehow it gets under your skin. Partly due to the excellent soundtrack, which doubles the creepiness of the movie. Who would have thought a movie about grave robbing midgets would be so damn scary? Just trying to think about how dumb it is when you watch it. Five stars. You kind of nailed it. Yeah. I love that one. And the last one, Richard Vera just writes, too expensive with seven exclamation marks behind it, which I don't get. I maybe to rent it. To like if buy you buy, it? bought it, maybe you spent too much money for it. But again, if it's too expensive, five stars. Five, five stars. It's I super love, expensive. I love buying expensive things. Yeah. Now, uh, just because we, I had myself, I had mixed feelings on this movie. I, I did want to go to the one star reviews where there are six pages of one star reviews. So wow. Grand thirty six, but there's a lot of. Yeah. One stars, yeah. So um, these are a little bit longer, but some of them are worth, um, are just kind of worth it. Um, actually, I think I just it's just one one super long. It's one. It's one. I wrote down one because it's wow. It's it's I wrote, wrote it down for a reason. So just sit tight. Um, from E. Valero, a sinister tall man with incredible strength and yellow blood steals cadavers from the cemetery, shrinks them, and transports them via a trampoline to a red planet where they become his slaves for reasons not made clear. Add in an annoying snooping teenager, his handsome but wooden older brother and a plastic fly with glowing eyes and you have possibly the lamest film ever, lamest horror film ever made and definitely one of the worst over, most overrated. By, by, oh, I'm sorry. After reading all of the positive reviews posted here, I did the unthinkable and purchased this film before actually viewing it. What a big mistake. I am a big horror fan, and my taste in horror films is not limited. My taste range from the classic Exorcist, Poltergeist, Halloween, to B-movie favorites, Zombie, House by Cemetery, Ghost Story. But I have to be brutally honest. Phantasm has got to be the most boring movie I've ever seen. I've tried watching on several occasions, my guess, over 15 times. And I cannot sit through it. It is a bore fest, and I cannot recommend it to anyone. I have to agree with Len- Leonard Malton's, Malton's half-star review, but I think even he was being generous. This film's pacing is agonizingly slow. The acting is stiff and uninspired. The story laughable and the special effects are poor. However, considering the film's film's budget, the effects are at times clever, although not always successful. I personally don't have a problem with low-budget horror films. As a matter of fact, some of my all-time favorites are the low-budget films. This film does not make any sense. It tries to be creative, but the ideas are incoherent at best. The scene with the obnoxious kid is almost transported to the red planet via some vortex is so outrageously funny as a scene with the incredibly unrealistic flying insect with the glowing eyes. I don't, I understand the film didn't have much of a budget and I will give some credit to the effect team since some of the effects came out very well. The scene where a man's face is drilled in but to by a flying silver sphere, but how can we ignore those lame scenes? The film, as evidenced by the reviews posted on the site, has a cult following, but for those of you who are not fans, please view with caution as you may end up disliking as much as I did. I have tried watching this turkey by myself sober, myself drunk, my friends sober, my friend with my friends drunk, with my family members sober, with my family members drunk. I got a drinking problem, brother. <laughs> to no available. To no avail. I was told repeatedly to turn the thing off and put something else on. I know I will probably get about 100 unhelpful votes from the fans, but but so be it. This movie is bottom of the barrel and only good for a few unintentional laughs. Skip it, people, because you have better ways to spend your money. If it's chills you're looking for, you're better off watching an episode of Fear Factor because <laughs> you're just not going to find it any here. 
one star. Shout out to Joe Rogan, Fear Factor, <laughs> Fear huh? Factor. <laughs> kind of dazed review, too, but yeah. yeah. But man, that guy really did not like the movie. Sounds yeah. like he really tried, too. Yeah, he really did try. Um, so that, yeah, that's that's on the that one star. Note, yeah. on, on that note, that kind of brings us to so our, our review. Yeah. Is it so bad it's good, so bad it's scary? Right. I'm going to throw it back to you, Marshall. You always throw it to me. You're what good. did you oh, think? Oh, I see what you did. Go reverse it. Flip it a flop uh, up. I... I'm with the one star guy. I'm saying so bad it's scary. Uh, just because well, I'm not gonna say just because, but I had higher hopes for this going in because I've I remember as a kid always going to the video store and seeing it there. I never was actually able to rent at the time. I never got around to it. And I was like, oh, I've always known about it. These flying spheres, it, you know, it's supposed to be a classic. Like this could be decent. And I was so disappointed and let down that there's basically only one kill in this whole movie. Well, two. If you count Tommy at the beginning getting stabbed, and maybe Reggie getting stabbed, but he's then he's alive. He's not. You yeah. don't fucking know. Uh, and the fact that it's so weird, like the guy said, incoherent. Like I, you don't, you never know what's going on. And I, you know, people say, well, you don't get it. You don't, you won't understand what they're going for. And I get it, at some point there's some, that there's okay to have some suspense and some mystery and like leave the viewers question at some point. But this to me does it too much like when when it's over i'm like what the fuck did i just watch what happened to me that's a bad sign like i can understand like okay what's real what's not but wrap it up in some way to make it not so mind-numbingly confusing and like just it just angered me to the point where like this was awful i expected more really expect more screen time and from the spheres i thought they'd be doing more damage running amok killing more people not just one hapless caretaker so I was heavily disappointed. So bad it's scary. I did not like it. I want to say so bad it's good. Oh, So bad it's good. And then the, the thing was, I mean, yeah, it was trippy. It was discombobulating, it felt like. Like you didn't exactly know what was happening. And there were so many different cuts and different things. Like what's going on with the the weird tarot reading people, Star Child, and the different dimensions, yeah. and the midgets, and the tall man, the weird sniffing scene, and this... So the mo- ice cream man, you know, like there's so many weird things about this movie. The ending was just, just kind of like what I just what just happened, but it left me wanting more. See, I wanted to you- see more of what was like. Okay. I kind of, I kind of like the ride the, I was on because the, it, it was it a fucked you- up ride. I'm not saying it was great. I'm not saying it was you know like it definitely I was just leaves like- you with more questions than answers. Yes, that's for sure. Um, but all right, you. But I wanted to keep going. Really? I wanted to keep going. I was like okay. Oh, now it's over. All right. You know, I mean, huh. obviously I was watching it and I was kind of pressed for time. So I was kind of like checking the times from time to time. Like, okay, it's ending soon. It's ending soon. But even when it ended, I was like, oh, okay. You know, for some reason I wanted a little bit more. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. All right. Well, that's yeah. your opinion. That's, I can't fault you for that. It's your <laughs> opinion. Um, and I, I totally see where you come from. I totally see where you come from, but I just, you know, maybe, Maybe we'll get around to doing uh, the sequel and see w- how that lives up and what actually happens. Because I've again, I've never seen. This is the first time I've seen any of the fantastic you know, movies. Me too. I know it's like funny because um, we're we've been people who watched horror before, but never got around yeah, to this just one. Never really so, jumped on the phantasm. Yeah, maybe wagon. we'll get to the sequel sometime soon and, and see if that answers any of these fucking weird ass questions that it leaves with, or if it just gets weirder and who knows what. But you uh, know what's probably going to happen is you're going to like it and I'm going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That would be that would be a poetic yeah. Uh So that's we'll wrap it up here for this week. Uh, remember, if you have any suggestions or comments, you know, hit us up on our Facebook page or Twitter, or whatever. Let us know. We're always taking suggestions and feedback. Uh, so th- thanks, Moongoons, for listening. We appreciate it. In the meantime, watch more horror movies and always remember to keep it tight. Mm.